uh, part of Celebrating Mother's Day, what we're going to do is we're going to look into the Bible to see what Scripture has to say. And so we're going to be looking in 2 John today, starting in verse number 1. If you're curious where that is, here, let me tell you the easy way to find it. If you don't know, you go all the way to the right of your Bible and then just start turning back a little bit left. And you're going to, you'll probably see 1st, 2nd, 3rd John eventually. We're going to be in 2 John. So we're going to look in 2 John verse number 1. Now, as you were looking there, uh, I, I, I typically go to the, I try to go to the Y about four days a week, and I see many of you there, and when I go there, my regimen is I get on a treadmill and I, I run. Now, if any of you ever do treadmill running, it has got to be the most boring and awful experience of your life. You're running and you are literally going nowhere. And so as I'm sitting there running, I have to have some stuff to do in order to keep me motivated. And so I have a playlist on my phone, and I, will, uh, I, I have some songs that kind of get me going, get my blood pumping. And it's not, it's not Andy Griffith's greatest hits. I mean, you know, I have, I have some really good songs that are on there. You know, things like, uh, you know, like ABBA. No, I'm just kidding. Things like, you know, Ted Nugent, Catch, Scratch, Fever, all these kind of music in order to kind of, kind of get me motivated to be able to run. Now, anytime we do anything for a long period of time, what can happen is that it kind of gets mundane. And a lot of times, even in life, life can at times seem like a slog. And, you know, that's, I like that word because it just sort of, it makes me feel, that word describes it perfectly. I mean, sometimes life is just a slog. You're just kind of going through it. But you don't want to just sort of go through life. You want to be able to face life and feel like that as you're going through life that you're being productive, that you're making a difference. Well, here's the point, I hope, of all of this. I think for mothers that sometimes that you like, whenever I get on a treadmill and run, I think sometimes you need a good playlist, to be able to kind of motivate you and kind of encourage you and kind of, kind of get you jacked up so that you, can, so that you can be productive and that you can move faithfully through life making a difference and be excited about it. Now we're going to do something a little bit different today. Instead of standing up here on Mother's Day and talking about how great mothers are, which you are, uh, what we're going to do this a little bit different is we're going to look into Scripture and we're just simply going to look into Scripture and see how the Bible points out a few practices that mothers can put on their playlist to be able to successfully and impactfully move through life with their kids. And so today in our passage of Scripture, we're going to see the disciple John sharing, uh, so to speak, a playlist to help encourage mothers and really all believers to be able to make the most out of their relationship with their kids. And so 2 John 1 is where we're going to be. But before we get there, uh, there's always been people who try to take the Bible and we try to take it and twist it and make it say what we want it to say. And so what happens is the message ends up getting messed up. It gets perverted. And this was going on during this day. People were trying to take the message of Scripture and trying to twist it to make it say something that it wasn't trying to say. Now, an example of this is found in 2 Timothy 3. And in 2 Timothy 3, it very simply talks about false teachers that were going into homes and they were leading, leading people astray, leading women astray, to where it says they, were, they weren't even acknowledging the truth, but they were seeking after things in order to be pleasing 
to them, but not to God. And so our goal today is to look and see, well, how can we be pleasing to God? You know, how can we, how can we look into Scripture and see the instructions that God gives that can motivate us, in particular today, motivate mothers as they deal and live with their children? Well, today we're going to see a few practices that you can put on your playlist that hopefully will be helpful. And the very first practice that we're going to see to put on the playlist is this. It's truth. One thing, as you are running through this life, as you are living with your children, as you are teaching your children, and maybe even your, even your grandchildren, a part of your playlist in your life is for you to know and to seek and to have truth in your life. Uh, in verse number 1, here's what it says in Second John. It says, The elder, to the elect lady and her children, whom I love in truth, and not only I, but also all who have come to know the truth, because of the truth that remains in us and will be with us forever. Now, if I were to talk to all of you and ask you, what is it that you want for your children? And there's probably going to be a lot of different answers, but basically it could come down to one very simple thing. The one thing that you want for your children more than anything else is the best, right? I mean, we all want the best for our kids. Mothers want the best for their children. But the question is, what is it that makes it the best for your children, what is that thing? And a part of what can make life the best for you and for your children is for them to have and for you to have a knowledge of what truth is. Because if you have truth and if you have knowledge, then that means that your and if your children have it, then they're going to be able, along with you, to navigate and to go through all the pitfalls of life because they have the truth that is backing up their lives. You see, if we don't have the truth, then there's trouble. Uh, we're told in 1 Peter 5.8, Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Now, who's he devouring? Who is he tempting and drawing away from God? Well, he's drawing away from God those people who are not familiar and who don't know the truth of what God teaches. And so that's why in our text we see a mother in our text today who has a love affair with the truth. And she has a love affair with the truth because she knows that the truth is a guide for her life. Now you might say, well, what is the truth? And that, that's a question that's been asked forever. I mean, even whenever Jesus stood before Pilate, before he went to the cross, Pilate looked at Jesus and he said, what is the truth? Well, what is the truth? Now, if you look in the dictionary, the dictionary defines truth as a fact which has been verified. It is something which has been proven. Jesus himself defined the truth as himself. He said in John 14, 6, I am the way the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. So if you are desirous of knowing the truth, then here's the way that you get to know the truth. You seek Jesus. And as you seek Jesus and get to know him, then he will lead you in truth. So you say, well, how do I begin to seek after Jesus? Okay, here's the, real, the, the easy step. And I'm going to give you a Sunday school answer. 
for those of you who grew up in the church. You want to seek the truth? Read the Bible. You know, what's the, the favorite answers? You know, when, anytime you're in church, hey, what's the answer to that? Read the Bible. Pray. You know, those are always good things. Ask Jesus. Okay, this is this true, though. Do you want to know the truth? It begins here. It begins in Scripture. The Bible says in John 17, 17, it says, Your word is truth. Now, what's so good about truth? Well, as you look in this book, you're going to discover this. It, it sets up boundaries for living in our life. Now, I know a lot of times whenever we think of boundaries, we don't really get excited about boundaries because if you set up a boundary, that means I can't go somewhere. You know, it's like your dog. Have you ever noticed about your dog that you're, if you have a dog and if you have a fence in your yard, have you noticed how your dog always spends all of his time at the fence? That doesn't drive you crazy. It drives me nuts. Sit there and look at your dog. And like, Why don't you just enjoy the backyard? Why do you always have to go to the fence line and complain and bark about why you can't be on the other side? Never enjoy the yard. They hate it because they go to the fence. That's what we do as people. And so we see, we see the boundaries of God as something that's trying to constrict us. And, and we, what are some of the boundaries of God? Here, here's some of the boundaries God set up for us. There is only one God. There's only one way to heaven, and it's through Jesus Christ. That's a boundary that God set up for us. Another boundary that God set up for us is that we are to use our speech in a way that builds people up and doesn't tear them down. And you kind of look at that and go, well, that's not any fun. Another boundary that God has for us is that we are to, that we are to live for God and not for ourselves, that we are to, that we are to make sure that, that whenever it comes to sex, that that is something that is only practiced within the bounds of marriage. And you might look at these things and think, well, why would I want to follow after a God that, that, stri- that is that strict? Well, it's not that God has set up boundaries for us in order to hinder us, but he's done so in order to protect us, in order to keep us safe so that we can enjoy life. And yet many of us are missing out on the blessings of God because we are seeking and looking for truth in all the wrong places. And as we do that, we come up with some weird answers in life for what we think is truth when we step outside of what God's Word says. Now, there's a scientist that was doing the inductive approach and doing a study on fleas. And one thing that he did is he took a flea and he had some little tweezers and he pulled off one leg of the flea and he looked at the flea and said, jump. That flea jumped up in the air and he pulled off another leg and said, jump. The flea jumped again and the more legs he was pulling off, the harder it was for that flea to jump. Finally got to the sixth and final leg and he pulled it off and he told the flea to jump. The flea just sat there. He said, jump, and didn't do anything. Said it three more times, and so he pulled out his notebook doing the inductive method, and he wrote down, he said, I have noticed that whenever you pull the legs, all the legs off of a flea, that it becomes hard of hearing. Now, the world has that same kind of approach in its thinking. The same kind of approach, and we come up with all these crazy answers, and we totally ignore the truth. Let me tell you something. If you are looking to make a difference in the life of your child, then you personally must be a seeker of the truth. And the truth is God's Word. The Bible tells us that God's Word, it stands forever. It tells us that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. That is the truth. You want that to be a part of your life. That should be on your playlist. But it's not just simply good enough to know the truth. But here's the second thing that ought to be on your playlist. And that is that you ought to share the truth. 
You want to share the truth, mothers? In verse number 4, it says, it says this. John wrote to this lady. He said, I was very glad to find some of your children walking in truth in keeping with the command we received from the Father. Have you ever noticed that whenever you have good news, one thing that you want to do with good news is you want to share it? Right? You always want to share it. Uh, for guys, if a guy goes out and he happens to play golf and he shoots a good score, or if he has a hole in one, what's he going to do? You think he's going to sit on that information? Absolutely not. Now, guys, just as a hint, don't tell your wife because she doesn't care. Tell somebody that's going to care. Uh, ladies, you remember whenever you had, you remember when you had your, for those of you who are mothers, when you had your baby? Now, did you have your child and say, you know, I, I think I'm going to sit on this for a couple weeks before I call mom and dad? It didn't matter if it was 2 o'clock in the morning or 11 o'clock in the morning. You are immediately getting on the phone because it's good news. And you want to share that news. Now that same kind of mentality and thought process should also go along concerning our walk with God. Mothers, on average, you're going to spend more time with your children than anybody else. And because of that, that means that you have the privilege and the opportunity to be one of the great influencers in the lives of your children. And that means that that provides you with an opportunity. Provides you with the opportunity to share Jesus with your children. That, that's what the lady in our text had been doing. That's why when John wrote her, he was rejoicing with her whenever he said, when I see some of your children are walking in the truth. In other words, they were followers of Jesus. Now, how do they get to be followers of the truth? Because somebody told them the truth. Who told them the truth? It was the mother. The mother had knowledge, but she didn't just keep that knowledge for herself about who God was. She took that knowledge and she shared it with her children. And it changed their life. Now, let me ask you a question. Are you teaching your children? Now, you're teaching them something but are you teaching them the things of God? You see, if you, if you want to be a truly successful mother, then you want to be a mother who knows truth, but who also will share the truth. See, it's important not to just have knowledge, but it's important to practice what you preach, to actually share it. Now, there's a great story about, uh, I think it was the 1920s, whenever, or 1930s, whenever King George was making an address that was going to go, it was coming to America, he was sharing at a conference, and in New York, the radio station that was playing his message, uh, that one of the cables broke. And so over a million people could not hear the king's message because a cable was broke. And so one of the men who worked at the radio station walked over, he grabbed one, one of the cables, grabbed the other cable, and he became the link, and the the, the voltage ran through his body. I mean, it obviously didn't kill him, but he picked it up and he held on to it. It's 250 volts he allowed to go through his, his body. And because of that, when he picked it up, a million people were able to hear that message from the king. And so I, I read that story and I thought, man, that's a, that's a good story. That's a good story, see, because the king, the king of kings, Jesus, has a message that he wants people to hear, that he is a God of life, that he's a God of forgiveness, that he's a God who's a future for people. And yet, our, our, that message from God is broken. The cable's broken because of sin. And what is needed is for a living link to step in and stand in between God and man and allow the message of Jesus to pass through them so that the rest of the people can hear the message of Jesus. Mothers, in many instances, you are that living link. 
Listen to what the Bible says in Romans 10, 14, and 15. It says, how then can they call on the one whom they've not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they've not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Others, you're the link. But what are you sharing? Are you sharing Jesus with your children? Are you bringing your children into the church? Are you praying for your children every day that they will walk with God, that they will know him? See, life sometimes can be a slog, but a part of your playlist to make a difference, to motivate you to go on, is to know the truth. It is to share the truth. And then the last one has to do with practicing the truth. And that is loving God and love man. That should be a part of your life. The final verse is verse number 6. John wrote, this is love, that we walk according to his, Jesus' commands. And this is the command, as you've heard it from the beginning, you must walk in love. Now the best way to get your belief across to someone else is to practice what you preach. So what is the manifestation of us walking in truth? You know what the manifestation of, is, of, of us of walking in truth is? It is that we will be a people who love others. That is a sign that you're walking in the truth. When Jesus was asked, what is, somebody came up to him and asked a great question. He said, Jesus, what's the most important commandment that there is in all the Bible? This is a bottom line guy. What is the commandment that is the most important? And Jesus said in Matthew 22, 37 through 40, he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. He said, this is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. He said, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. I really like this because if you want to summarize everything that Jesus taught, it comes down to one simple sentence. You're going to love God and you are going to love people. Now let me tell you something. You can have all the knowledge in the world. You can be the Bible trivia champion. But if you don't love it doesn't matter. You can know all the ins and outs of Scripture. You can tell your children about the importance of faith. But if you don't have a love for God, it's not going to matter. Paul mentioned this in, in 1 Corinthians 13, 1-3. He said, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels but have not love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. So if I have the gift of prophecy, can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but have not love, he said, I'm nothing. He said, if I, if I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames but have not love, I gain nothing. Now, now your children will desire to know you and to listen to you as they see you live a life of love in service to God. But if you don't have love, they're not going to pay attention. If we tell our children how to live, but we don't demonstrate love to our children, it's going to fall on deaf ears. If we tell our children about the importance of following God, and yet we don't follow God in our personal lives as well, it's not going to make a difference. The way you live is being watched by your kids. It's being watched by others. Now, what we say is very important. But what's even more important than that 
is your actions. How you live. Now, now what, what kind of faith are you demonstrating by your actions? That's a question I have to ask myself. Years ago, whenever Calvin Coolidge was the president, he had some people he knew from Vermont who were going to come and visit him at the White House. They're going to eat dinner, and they got all nervous. They're thinking, man, we, you know, how, we got to make sure that they're going to have a lot of forks out there. How do we know which one is the right fork? And so they wanted to be, you know, they wanted to have good manners. And so they finally determined this: we're just going to do everything the president does. And so sure enough, when they sat down to eat dinner, the president grabbed a particular fork, and they all looked at him, and they made sure they grabbed that fork. And he grabbed the spoon when it was time for the soup. And they looked at the spoon he grabbed, and they grabbed that spoon. They were doing everything just right. But when dinner was over and dessert had been served, they brought out coffee. And things got a little bit weird. And they poured coffee in his cup, and Coolidge had his coffee. And so everybody's sitting there waiting to drink their coffee. And, and then he took his coffee, and he poured it in a saucer. They were all kind of looking around, and they'd already agreed, we're just going to do what he does. So they got their coffee, and they poured it in their saucer, and and he poured out some cream, and he put sugar in it and stirred it up. And they all did the same thing. And he just kept on going, just not really paying attention. And so everybody picked up their saucer. They're getting ready to drink it out of the saucer. When he took his saucer and he put it on the floor, and his cat came over and drank out of it. <laughs> now, if you're, if you're going to imitate somebody, make sure you're imitating the right thing. Now, your kids, eventually, more than likely, they're going to live like you do. And so the question is, if your children and my children were to live like I do, if they were to imitate me, would I be okay with that? If my kids act the way that I do, if they live and value the same things that I do, would I be embarrassed or would I be blessed? That's a question for us to think about. And that's why John said, practice love practice love you can't you can't go wrong with love if, if you love like scripture says which is you're going to love God and you're going to love man then you're going to fulfill the law of God so, so what do mothers need on their playlist well John points it out for us he says you need the truth then you need to pass on the truth and you need to live the truth you need to love God and you need to love man mothers that's the kind of influence that you can have in the lives of your children now, for me, I've been blessed in that I, I grew up in a home where I had a mother that did these things. Now, I'm not, my, mother was, my mother's not perfect, but nobody's perfect. But my mother got the right things right. And whenever I look at my mother's life, I can look at her life and look at the main things and say that is a life that is worth living. That is a life that is worth emulating. And I think one of the greatest things that you can do as a parent, as a mother, is to look at your life and say, if my children imitated me in the major things of life, that I could say, that is a life that is worth my child living. Seeking truth, sharing truth, and living the truth. Now some of you need to live the truth by giving yourself to the truth which is Jesus. And you can do that today. In a moment, we're going to have the opportunity to pray and just simply and you, give you the chance to pray and talk to God and say, Jesus, I want to follow you. I want you to have charge of my life. I am believing in you and I'm trusting you that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. 
And that will be the first step in your journey of walking in the truth, and it can make a difference in the lives of your children. Thank you.